Hi everyone, and welcome to Centennial College's COVID Conversations podcast, where we listen to stories from young people across the GTA about the ways the global pandemic has affected their lives. We will consult with experts for advice on how young people can navigate the most important issues that they're facing today, while still keeping safe during the pandemic and following government guidelines. In this podcast, we will discuss the struggle of online learning and productivity, which many young people are dealing with or have been dealing with throughout the past year of the pandemic, as well as some tips that our expert has to help them manage. Featured on today's podcast is Janiel Downer and Nathaniel Glassman, along with our anonymous guest and our online learning and productivity expert, Rick Ezekiel. Between February 11th and 16th, my group and I conducted a survey to discover how young people across the GTA were coping with COVID-19 and how they were navigating the global pandemic. Out of our respondents, a large number of them were dissatisfied with online learning, with 83% saying that they prefer in-person studying. Our anonymous guest on the show today is a 19-year-old Gen Z woman who has struggled with the demands of online learning and staying productive, in addition to dealing with the stress of COVID-19. Welcome, and thank you for being on the COVID Conversations podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So just before we start, I would like you to just go back and give our listeners like a backstory of your experience with online learning and productivity. Okay, so I actually graduated high school in 2019. So my first year of college was last year so i had a full year of in-person learning which was actually really interesting i got to meet a lot of friends um meet a lot of my new teachers and had you know the good college experience if you would say so as the pandemic started and everything switched on to online it was like a whole 180 because i feel like there was a lot of change in terms of what they demanded of us i felt like teachers really kind of felt like we had a lot more time just because we're at home when I personally, I don't feel like that was the case because I'm still working probably 35 to 40 hours a week on top of the schoolwork, on top of all the schoolwork I need to take. And it was honestly very frustrating to try to balance everything and try to connect with my teachers. And I just kind of felt overwhelmed a lot throughout the whole process. And every single time I would try to talk to one of my friends to see, you know, what they're doing or how they're feeling it was everyone was just feeling the exact same way so it was just very overwhelming I just feel like I didn't really have much support it was kind of uncomfortable to try to reach out to the teachers and I felt like I just didn't really have the, the same support that I would have had if I was in person so I wouldn't have I don't have the library access I don't have you know trying to ask my peers for help because it's not that really same interaction that you wouldn't get the same interaction over a Zoom call as you do as, you know, when you're in class. Definitely. I can definitely relate to that feeling of feeling disconnected sometimes. Luckily for my program that I'm in, we have Slack and all those kind of things that we're using, but I find like a lot of people are struggling to be, to feel connected to their classmates and like, um just getting stuff done on time because it's such a big shift when you when you used to be in person and then you're now doing everything online yep definitely I think even there were other factors that would play into this being even a more stressful school year I feel like the fact that you're home it's you would think that you'd be more comfortable because you know you get to be in your bed but 
really that just makes it more hard to be that just makes it harder to be more productive because you're in a space where you feel like you know you normally react relax in this space so it's it's yeah. a hard shift to go from you know relaxing on your couch or whatever to now having to be in class or I live with three other people so they're always running around and it's so distracting when people are watching tv in the background when I'm supposed to be in class or doing assignments so it was definitely a hard change this year. What is your course load like? So actually, because of my experience, I decided to take a semester off. So I'm actually not in school this semester. And oh. I'm still kind of deciding what I'm going to be doing for next semester because I don't really know if I can go through that whole stress again. I feel like it's not really, I don't think I'm getting the same quality of learning that, I'm, that I would be getting if I was in person. Wow. And have you kind of explained this to your teachers or your coordinator? I feel like I try to kind of reach out to them, but I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to reach out to them to kind of explain what I'm going through. I think they try to say, yeah, we understand, but then they still give you mountains and mountains of homework, which <laughs> you're supposed to get done on time and, you know, with no extra extensions on everything, as everybody loves to say. And you mentioned your family being distracting. Have you spoken to your family about like, you know, the fact that now that you have to work from home that you kind of need their help with making this trans transition, which, which would be equal to them being more mindful that this is now a shared space in terms of like living and working? Yeah, I think definitely. I They have definitely tried to be considerate of when I have classes, they try not to be in the area as much. But it's hard because I don't want to be kicking them out of their own living room. <laughs> because uh, This is their home too. But it's like, I feel like I need the space where they're not there. Almost like I need a, a space where they're not there running around doing other things because it's so distracting because as soon as they're in the background, then I just want to, you know, oh, what are you doing? And oh, we're going to watch some TV when I'm supposed to be in class. So all these things just makes it harder to focus. It makes it harder to be productive and, you know, stay focused on class. And I think another struggle I kind of face is actually my father and brother got COVID. So that was another oh. issue to try to social distance from them while trying to stay up with class and wow you know, so they both contracted um the virus yes so they both had it and that was hectic because we had to all social distance from each other while still you know helping them because they couldn't come into the kitchen so then we had to be making them food and it was a lot definitely a harder time in terms of you know different things I had to deal with and still trying to stay focused on everything which is all is all definitely a lot to do with so you mentioned that you have decided to take the semester off because you could not deal with the changes what are you doing with your time now in regards to like productivity so in terms of my time now um i have a reduced course load, so i'm actually not doing any courses this semester um i'm working a lot more so I'm considered an essential worker, so I'm spending a lot more time at work. One other way that COVID has actually affected my program is I'm supposed to be doing co-ops in my summers. So in the four months that I have for summer, I'm supposed to be working at basically doing an internship or a paid kind of internship 
during the four months. And because of COVID, I've been able to do that. So this is going to ultimately set back my program either a year, yeah, a year or a couple more months. So because of this, I'm actually doing more schooling than I had planned to do originally. So that means you're, you're, you're not sure when you're going to get to graduate then, I guess. Yeah. If things doesn't change between now and next year too, then you don't know. I don't really know what is going to be for future years. So I've already missed one whole semester of co-op. So that's another four months that I have to make up. And then another, so basically I have eight months now that I have to make up in co-ops. Wow. So that's basically a whole year of me adding on to my what was supposed to be through your course is now probably going to be a four. We have an expert that's going to come on the show. Do you have any question for the expert? Um, one of the questions I can really think of is how do I separate my home and my school life when it's all in the same area? So how do I mentally separate being in my room doing schoolwork and being in my room, you know, just getting to chill and getting to decompress? Those are excellent questions for the expert. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We hope our expert is able to help you and all the other young people listening who are in a similar situation. Thank you so much for having me. This is definitely an interesting experience. <laughs> Thanks again. Now I would like to welcome our online learning and productivity expert, Ricky Ezekiel. Hello, Rick. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure thing. So, so uh, my name is Rick Ezekiel. I, I work at Centennial College. I'm the director of Equitable Learning, Health and Wellness uh, there. Um, so I lead the team of um, a, a range of different support professionals, including uh, mental health professionals, supporting students who might be navigating uh, mental health and personal challenges during their studies, as well as accessible learning and disability professionals. So, so supporting students who might have um, specific disability related uh, issues where, where they face exacerbated barriers in the college environment, whether that be learning disabilities, uh, mental health conditions that present barriers, physical disabilities, sensory disabilities, um, and, and then sort of the broader health and wellness uh, initiatives within the college. So, so programming, supports, outreach to, to um, support students in, in staying well during their studies. So um, we've, of course, been busy <laughs> during COVID and, and, and working hard to recognize the, the unique challenges that, that the pandemic is creating for learners that, that, that really presents so many stressors that, that, that are kind of unique to the current circumstances we're in while, while trying to stay engaged with learning and, and succeed academically. So yeah, excited, excited to share some thoughts from, from those perspectives. And what did you think about our guest story and like the questions that the person had? Uh, I, I very much heard in, in what she shared a, a lot of challenges that are coming up as a result of the pandemic. And I think um, a theme through what she shared is sort of this um, loss of separation between the different things that we engage in in our daily lives, whether it be work, school, home life. And now so much of that is packed up into one. Like we're always in this one space and all of our stressors are in that one space, whether it's school stress or stress because of the acoustic environment and hearing our roommates and our family and whatever that might be. Um, and then heard a lot around sort of the expectations of learning that, that in many ways uh, she, she was feeling that there was this increased expectation of time and high academic demand. Um, and I, I think that presents so many challenges right now because 
um, not only are we navigating all the stress that comes with change and all those things being in the same environment, we're in a pandemic um, that, that's quite stressful, right? And anxiety inducing. And I think we need to remember that stress and anxiety, and, and I think this comes on to institutions and faculty as well, need to remember the impacts of stress and anxiety on, on humans, right? It, it takes up cognitive space. It takes up brain space and power that we would usually use for other things. Um, and and the, the the story of of uh, this particular student and, and person's um, brother and father uh, being infected with COVID nineteen, right, and, and how that might play out in terms of both the day to day demands at home, but but also that sort of stress and worry related to the pandemic, and then also the element of navigating work and balancing work with home and school, and, and how that kind of contributes to that sense of overwhelm and and. Then, in addition to that, the the, the disconnection, right? Uh, of um, for so many of us, social connections, support from peers, from faculty, are important coping outlets and resources we use to navigate stress. And and it is not the same virtually. Like you don't get that same feeling on a Zoom call as you do when you're face to face with someone, when you can hug someone, when you can be present with someone in person. So really, I guess, all, sharing all that just to realize, like, this is a lot to navigate. And it makes complete sense to me why, why this would be really challenging to engage in learning and to, you know, navigate the circumstance. Um, so those were sort of the themes that, that I heard out of this story. Um, I was just going to say, it's interesting, you mentioned the, and this is just for my own chance to personally talk about my, me trying to learn from home is the, the lack of being, the lack of separation how everything is in one space like this this room right here has been where everything has happened since essentially a year like learning relaxing sleeping hanging out trying to find alone time has all been in this one room and the separation can get quite difficult sometimes and uh sorry to kind of derail the conversation but when you brought up that theme it just kind of struck me like oh yeah that's exactly what's going on you know i can definitely relate to that as well because i live in a, a small apartment and it's hard before i had work and i could go out and kind of escape but i don't have that anymore i'm just mostly inside you know what i mean and it's very difficult it really is huge yeah I, I relate to it as well i've been this little room that, that i spend so much of my time in and, and i've had some of these days where you know i've gone like five six hours from the morning till midday just in back-to-back -back zoom meetings right and then eventually I, I will be like i need to go outside and the only way i've come to describe this is sort of like stepping outside leads to this new expansiveness again where you remember that oh right all the things that are in that room and in that little screen aren't aren't the whole of what the world is right now so you walk outside and you're like oh there's air there's sky there's light there's a breeze on my face and you like reground a little bit and you're like oh my goodness there's more out there there's still life happening <laughs> it can feel so anxiety inducing and almost like trapping right to be in that that physical environment and space where all your thoughts, all your worries, all your stressors, both stressors that you can control or that might be within us, but also stressors that are imposed on us by our work or our school, they're all right here with us in these little spaces that we're occupying. So it's, it's really unique in terms of a human experience, for sure. And so have you been noticing like when students reach out to you, these are the complaints that they have and like common theme that are coming up as well for them? Yes, absolutely. I, I think this story really resonated with, with the things we're hearing generally from students reaching out, out for support. Um, 
And I think especially students who are navigating in addition to learning in the pandemic, those additional demands, like, you know, I, I'm managing full-time work or multiple part-time jobs. I'm managing home and family demands. Um, I may be parenting or providing elder care. As soon as you start to layer on those additional items in, in onto what's already a really challenging situation that, that any of us might be navigating, um, yeah, they're very kind of common themes in, in terms of the experience that the pandemic is creating and then how that experience is heightened uh, under many of those circumstances. Wow, that's really interesting to know. So I don't know if you want to dive in. She had two questions that she had asked specifically. And if you would just want to dive in and kind of address those now. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So I think in in the the first question, the the, the sort of main piece I heard, and feel free to dive in if I miss a piece of the question or if there's something that you want me to kind of go, go deeper on. But I, I think maybe, maybe I'll kind of go through a few different areas. But the, the main question that I heard was, how do I separate home and school life when it's all in the same area, right? Like in this room, there's my schoolwork, there's my desire to chill, my desire to decompress, all my family stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'll just go through maybe four themes of strategies that might be effective. And one of them is sort of creating markers around the time and task and activity that we're engaging in at a specific time. The second is changing our physical environment to, to support those markers and sort of um, creating some separation in our physical environment. Third is sort of chunking up big tasks into smaller goals, but keeping the big picture in mind. Um, and then I think the fourth is really just coming into that lens of sort of acceptance and recognition that there's a lot on the go. This is a stressful situation and stress is normal and okay as a reaction to all of it. So giving ourselves permission that, you know, it's okay to feel overwhelmed and, and there isn't a human who wouldn't feel overwhelmed in this situation. Um, so, so I'll maybe unpack e each of those a little bit. Um, so in terms of creating markers, I, I really think of this as sort of creating some structured routines before and after we start schoolwork, before or after we start sort of our chill time or decompress time, um, before or after we're, we're going to work work and, and leaving the home. It, it sounds like a student was doing work in person as an essential worker, so there might be that physical marker still of, you know, a commute to work or whatever it might be. Um, but what this can look like is if there's not a separate physical space that you're doing learning and say sleeping or relaxing in, of actually doing a setup and a takedown of your schoolwork's uh, space each time. So, so it's funny, it seems counterintuitive. It's like, that's more work, right? Like that's more time that I have to spend. But I think the thing that it does is it really like going from, you know, our home to campus or into a different classroom. It creates a sort of mental space that you're thinking, hey, this is what I'm doing now. This is my task at hand. And then when you put it away, it also helps us sort of close the book on our learning for a moment and then use our space for enjoyment or re relaxation when we don't actually have those physical markers to say, okay, we're done with that now. We're moving on to something else as a result of a geographical change. So, so I've heard a number of different strategies. Some folks actually completely clear their desk and will put their laptop away, their monitor away. Um, organize it and tidy up all of their papers or their readings and, and getting it out of sight. So you just can't even see it when, when you're in that kind of relaxation mode. Um, for other folks, it might be something a little bit more simple as like, I, I'm on my laptop, I've been in class, I have, I know folks are like me, I have when I'm doing a specific task, probably like 
18 browser tabs opened that are related to it. Um, I, I might have my learning management system and be engaging in chat or pulling course materials down. I have my textbook on the side. Um, so for some folks, it might just be doing a computer cleanup. Uh, so I'm going to close all my tabs. I'm going to save the things that I'm done and put them into an organized folder. Um, if I have things that I need to come back to, rather than leaving them open and minimized, maybe I'll create a to-do list that sort of summarizes where I ended and where I need to start when I come back. Um, and then I'm going to close all those documents. So it's sort of saying, I'm done with this for now. And I've got my list here that's going to tell me where I need to start later. So I don't need to keep it in my brain, right? I don't need to keep thinking about all those things and worrying about them. Um, so I think lots of strategies, either in that, that digital world or the physical world, to create some markers around our learning. And then that second piece around change your physical environment. Um, this is so important and it comes off of what we just chatted about, about that shared kind of resonating with, oh my goodness, everything is in this one space. And, and I think the biggest strategy here is to get out of that space. So we might not be able to use another part of our home, right? Especially if it's filled with people and humans doing other human things, because those are chaotic and noisy and um, stressful maybe as well. Um, but going outside for a walk, right? That like, it, it seems like such a simple strategy, but it can make all the difference because it makes us remember that all of life isn't happening in that one screen that we're so absorbed in. It, it's really grounding. It helps us kind of feel the outside air. It helps us get some sunshine. If we can walk where we can see open sky or where there's nature or greenery, um, that, that's really helpful. And I think on those walks, putting away all devices, turning off notifications on phones, avoiding looking at screens, and really trying to notice, no, notice all those things. Notice how the light is different. Notice um, the breeze that you feel. Not notice kids playing in a park, if you can see that. Just like starting to see people doing people-y things <laughs> that we don't see as often during the pandemic. I think that helps create an expansiveness around you know, everything that feels so trapping and isolating in, in our home environment. And I'll say if that's a challenge if you know we're really in that worry space like the mental chatter our brains are really busy um so so to put everything away and just feel present we're still in that sort of busy mind space you can also add in something you really enjoy and find engaging so maybe you have a favorite playlist that you want to pop on and you want to listen to that well, well then noticing those things through the other senses um, something that's going to actually distract us from all the worry and the tension and the things that are back home so it's just trying to create that separation, right, from like what we're thinking and worrying about it in the physical space. Right? So that's sort of the second, second strategy. The third around chunk it up. Um, this is kind of an approach I use. I often kind of talk about with team and students around um, how we get from a really big picture goal, like getting a diploma or a certificate or a degree, um, you know, move changing careers. Maybe that's part of a career goal, right? Maybe that's part of a life goal of like, I want to move out on my own. I want to, you know, accomplish these things in my life. Um, those are really big goals and they can feel really intimidating at the front, especially if we're navigating all these other stressful things. So I think go, moving, keeping those big goals in mind, that's our biggest, pur bigger purpose. That's really important, right? To remember, why am I reading this article? Why am I doing this assignment? Why am I, um, you know, doing these tasks that might feel a bit disconnected from our big aspirations? So remembering and keeping those big goals in mind, but really getting specific about chunking them down into smaller goals. So, so to do that diploma, say, I, I remember that I need to do these five courses. I have my co-op placement in the summer and actually mapping it out. Like you could do it visually, you could do it in an Excel spreadsheet, you could draw it on a notepad. 
Um, and then coming back to what do I have to do right now? What's my immediate next step, right? So, so maybe I have, you know, three assignments due within the next two weeks. So I've wrote, written all those other things down. I can leave them on the paper. It's the paper's job to worry about them right now. My, my task is really these three things immediately in front of me. And then creating some strategies to work through those three things. Um, so that might be thinking, what, when am I most calm and present? When am I most able to engage with learning? Is it early in the day? Is it late at night? Is it mid-afternoon? Obviously, that's going to be impacted by work, by family schedules, all that kind of stuff. But thinking about that time and trying to carve out, say, two hours a day, that, that's going to be my learning time. It's going to be my assignment time. And, and, and putting that in a schedule and saying, you know, that's, that's what I'm actually going to do during that time. And then when I'm not in that time, I, I can do the kind of enjoyment and free time piece, right? Um, and then within those two hours, chunking those down even further. Um, so I have to talk about and I've heard um, both colleagues and students use what's called the 15-minute rule. So it's saying, I'm going to put my phone away, I'm going to close my email, I'm going to close my social media, and I'm going to spend 15 minutes only with the immediate task at hand, whether that's reading a chapter or doing an assignment or, uh, you know, watching a lecture video or whatever it may be. Um, and then after 15 minutes of undivided attention, I get to pause for five minutes and do something I really enjoy. Um, so maybe that's checking Facebook and you get that dopamine, that, that surge of reward, right? Like, oh, I got a notification on this. So I get to look at something I really enjoy. Um, and then that's limited to five minutes. And then after that five minutes, we do another 15 minutes of undivided attention. And what it's actually doing is increasing our motivation because we're saying, once I accomplish this, I get a reward at the end of it. Um, so it's almost like hacking our brain to say, you know, something might not be enjoyable, but I can handle 15 minutes of unenjoyable. And then I get five minutes at the end of that to, to get through that task. And I think with that um, is when you're in those kind of two hour chunks or using that 15 minute rule, let your housemates know, like, that's my time. Please don't knock on the door. Please don't come in and say it's time for breakfast or um, time for dinner or, hey, I have this thing I really want to tell you about. Like, really try to make that protected time and let the people around you know that. So that's number three. And then number number four is that recognition that this is stressful. There's a lot on the go. And I think in that, reframing that play can be productive too. Um, so I think one thing we all need to remind ourselves in this is it's harder to play because we don't naturally have it built in. We don't naturally do fun things with our family and friends. We don't naturally necessarily have the outlets we used to have. But how can we make as important uh, as those two hours of learning and, and realizing the limits on time, right? If you're working, if you're learning, if you're navigating family demands, what's a reasonable amount of time that I can dedicate to something that is truly playful, that I just enjoy, that brings me joy and happiness and make that non-negotiable. Like build that into each day and say, I'm gonna do that thing as just an outlet. And, and you can use all those same strategies, of, you know, a routine around it that, that says, now it's relaxed time, now it's play time. And I think what we forget about sometimes is how important that is to learning, to productivity, to being effective at work. Um, because when we're in play, when we're feeling relaxed, when we're feeling calm, when we have those outlets, that's when creativity happens. That's when we sort of process our learning and our thinking. And that's what gives us the sort of restoration and recovery to come back to our learning or our productive tasks ready to do them again. I'm a runner. I think of run, running analogies with this, where, where, you know, if I didn't recover or take rest days, um, I'm going to 
perform worse on my next run, right? Like that, 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 that element of recovery is really important to any task we're taking on, whether that's work or school or whatever. So yeah, that's sort of where my head went. And th those were sort of the four categories around creating markers, changing the physical environment, chunking up big goals into smaller goals, and then giving permission and prioritizing play and, and sort of separation. That was amazing. I like so much. <laughs> every single thing you said was like, oh, why, why am I not doing that currently? Like, of course. Uh, why didn't I think about that? Yeah. They're such simple um, tips. When you break them down, it seems so simple and they all make sense. And it seems like something that I could implement probably starting today. But honestly, I did not think about it that way before. Yeah, so I think that's the key too to like success right now. It has to be simple, right? Because we don't have all these complicated things at our disposal. Like we can't go to a movie. We, we you know, can't, can't go out for dinner. We can't, so like, it's just really thinking what's feasible. And I think a big part of that is acknowledging that there's so much out of our control right now. So it's how do we create a bit of control within all of those sort of constraints and things that are outside of us that are causing stress. So keeping it simple is super, super important, right? Because we don't want to create a strategy that just doesn't feel feasible, doesn't feel like we can actually do it or implement it successfully. Definitely so, definitely so. And when it's simple too, I think you're better able to stick to it, like, you know, and, and make it a part of your routine and like a habit and thing that you do, as something, something that you do over and over every day. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And the more we do it and practice it, the more it just becomes part of the way we're operating and thinking, right? It, it sort of is that habit forming thing of like, at first it might take some more effort and thinking and being really intentional about schedules and writing things down. But then in time, it just becomes the way we're functioning. And, and we'll start to notice that like a bit of lightness coming in with all the heaviness and the overwhelm um, is the hope, is the hope. And, and, and of course it looks a bit different for everyone. Definitely, that was extremely helpful. And I think this information definitely is gonna help me. I think it's gonna help a lot of young people who are in similar situation. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear some of it resonated and... and oh, all of it resonated, not just some. As I'm saying, like, when you break it down, I'm like, wait, I could start doing all those things today. Like, <laughs> right after this call. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if you do, let me know how it goes. I, I hope it works out a little bit. And, and yeah, this is, this is such a, a great initiative that, that you folks are doing to... to offer chances for folks to share what, what's a struggle and then also think about some strategies, so. Definitely, um, yeah. Honestly, this whole experience has shown me that so much people are struggling, especially people in our demographic. I knew I was struggling and like my classmates, of course, because I have access to them and I talk to them. But then when we put the survey out there and as we are going through everything, we we're like, oh wow, people are really struggling. Big time, big time. And, and I think one thing, um, just to that point is staying with that element that it's okay for us to really struggle right now, right? And I know through the pandemic, I've had a couple of moments of just, you know, complete overwhelm, where I was like, I am not feeling well, like something is not right here. Um, and there have been a couple of moments where I've really had to, you know, take pause and, and systematically think about all the things I was doing that might be contributing to that. So I think I'd maybe add to all these things is like, we don't have to go through all this alone too. And if we are in that space of, you know, really overwhelmed, really struggling, really not feeling ourselves, really feeling that heaviness and that weight and that worry and anxiety, um, that there's so many great resources out there for, for um, students and, and 
really anyone, any youth, any person struggling with the, the weight of everything going on. So I would encourage folks to, to reach out to resources. Um, most colleges and universities will have um, you know, counseling supports, we'll have learning strategies and learning support centers, we'll have supports for folks who are navigating the additional challenges of disability in the pandemic. And then there's also, you know, the province-wide supports, so Good to Talk, um, you know, mental health support lines, even trusted friends and family members, right, who we know will get um, that response that's reflective and that, that is understanding of what we're going through. So I think that's maybe a, a big thing to note too, if, if um, we're in that state of just really, really struggling to figure out what's going on for us and really not feeling well, reach out because there are folks who can support each individual navigating what this might look like for them. Rick, I got to say, your, your, your positivity is, is infectious. It's like, as soon as this call's done, it's like, I can do it. Like, I get, I get to get through this day. It's going to be great. Like, I'm going to check everything off the list. Like, I'm going to, going to have a healthy, positive Friday. I, I must say you have a very, the very magnetic positivity. I agree. <laughs> I could listen to you all day talk about <laughs> thing because I just feel so motivated now. I'm like, yes, I feel like I can finally get my online learning and my life back on track. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And we can do it, right? Like, I, I think there, there um, is so much that we, we can kind of chunk out and that's reasonable to accomplish in everything that we're navigating. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I hope folks continue to find ways to connect with folks who inspire them and, and who can help along that journey and, and yeah, sort so do what we can to navigate these, these sort of unprecedented set of circumstances we're finding ourselves in. Um, do you have somewhere that you post, maybe blogs or anywhere that young people could access more if they want to hear more from you or access more information about this topic? Oh, interesting. I do have a Twitter account, but I'm terrible at Twitter. Um, so, so folks will see some, some work and some wellness related tips coming through there. Um, so, so the handle is at Rick Ezekiel. Um, if folks want, want to kind of dive into some of, some, some of the work I post there, noting that you might only get something once every few weeks or so. <laughs> um, and I, I also blog about running. And interestingly, um, I, I try to weave, for me, that's my main outlet. It's actually using running as a source of well-being. And, and I've really started doing it quite a bit more since uh, the pandemic. Um, and I've been on uh, sort of an intense uh, training program over the past few months. Um, so yeah, there's a WordPress blog, which is uh, wordpress.com slash Rick Ezekiel. Um, and I actually weave through a lot of experiences of, you know, running an identity of like goal setting and tracking goals. Um, the next one that'll be coming out is we'll, we'll be on running as a tool to manage stress and anxiety. Um, but, but I think there's lots of transferable stuff of like, it could be any outlet, right? Like if for some folks it's cooking or for, for some folks it's going for a walk or, or reading a book you love. Um, I, I think there's a lot of transferable connections there. So, so if folks are interested, they're, they're, they're welcome to check that out and follow along. Um, my own journey in terms of trying to find strategies to stay well. Well, this is all about sharing stories and relatability. So we're, we're certainly going to post it along with the episode description. Definitely. Awesome. And I appreciate you taking the time out to come on here and talk to us about this thing. Like, as I said, it's been helpful for me and I'm sure it's going to help um, people in our demographic. Wonderful. I'm really glad to hear that. And thanks again for featuring this topic. I think like, like you both said, and, 
and we've been seeing it so top of mind for so many people and I, I think it's really wonderful that you're putting a spotlight uh, on the challenges and also thinking about strategies to, to offer supports for, for folks. Um, so thanks for having me. It's been it's been a joy. We hope Rick Ezekiel's advice was helpful to both our guests and anyone else out there listening. Please continue to stay safe, stay home, and follow the City of Toronto safety measures like social distancing, wearing masks, and so forth. Thank you for joining us on episode four of COVID Conversations. In the next episode, we'll discuss how to practice self-care and wellness during COVID-19. Make sure to subscribe to the Centennial College podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify.